works. Oh Lord. The word established has got a lot of descriptions to it. And sometimes we we use some of these descriptions in, uh, in a roundabout way, various senses. Uh, but it means to be clear. There's one definition. To be established means to, to be clear. I'm, I'm clear. You know, everything that's that's been settled for God and whatever work in my life, I'm clear about that. I don't have no reservations that I want to turn back with what God has established in my life. I'm very clear about it. I let others know that I'm clear about it. Amen. I don't want to ever go back to anything that what might have been or would have been. I want to stay with the Lord. It says another one is to be confirmed. I confirm. I, I want to be confirmed that whatever I do, that uh, I'll confirm to others about my salvation. But I'm not ashamed of the gospel. <laughs> I'll confirm to them I'm not ashamed. Praise the Lord. Or another definition says make good. Sometimes we'll say you need to make good on your word. You need to make good on your word. Well, God's going to make good on His word. Amen. Because He cannot lie. And He's going to make good on His word. He wants us to make good on our word. When we say, Lord, I love you and I want to serve you, then He wants us to make good on our word. Another definition is to, to be lifted up. We say, I'm established. My Lord has lifted me up. He's picked me up and established me, praise the Lord. I'm going to read the scripture in a moment here. Uh, confirm that even so much more. Another word is being performed. To establish means to be, to, to perform. We got to perform. You know, we, the Lord. We, we're not saved by works. We're saved by faith. But like James said, if we're saved, then I'll show you my faith by my works. Yeah. I'll show you what kind of faith I've got. It ain't just words and hot air. But I've got some works with my faith. Another definition is being fixed. When you're established, He wants us to be fixed or set. God wants us to be set. In our relationship. Sister Betty, he don't want us to be wishy-washy. He don't want us to, to you know, be be tossed to and fro. He, he wants us to be steadfast, praise the Lord. And the last definition I want to use is prepare. God wants his people to be prepared. When I say I'm established in the Lord, he wants me to be prepared in my relationship to share him with others. Amen. Not just saying. Something, you know, oh yeah, I love the Lord too and let it be. But He wants me to be prepared to be able to share with others, amen, amen. how He's established my goings. He's established my life. He's established my home. And He's established my testimony that I have today. So the scripture I want to go with tonight beginning is Psalms 40, verses 1 and verse 2. And Psalms 40. And we find here in, in this particular psalm that the psalmist David was seeking the Lord's will for his life for him to follow after and to delight himself in the Lord's will. Now is that what we should be praying every time we pray? You know, when we're talking and, and 
and sharing our hearts to the Lord. Don't we want to be seeking the Lord's will, you know, for our life? Amen. That we want to follow Him and delight ourselves in His will. Amen. I want to delight myself in the Lord's will. Amen. And what is the Lord's will? We, you know, we could use many descriptions there, but I can give you one word simply and say of what the Lord's will is for our life is to let Him lead. Yes. Mm -hmm. Just let Him lead. Hallelujah. Yes. Let Him lead. Praise the Lord. If we want the Lord's will in our life, let's let Him lead. Right, right. Let Him take charge. Amen. Amen. Let Him have control. Praise the Lord. That's what David was saying here in Psalms 40 and 1. He said, I waited patiently. Sometimes that's a struggle for us to wait patiently. Yeah. <laughs> we got to hurry up and get her did. You know? Got to get her did. It's got to go. We got to go. We can't wait. Let's get her did. Get it up. Go. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord. That's the right one to wait for, ain't it? I waited patiently for my wife in some, you know, some situations. I waited patiently with brothers and sisters and family members and things. I waited patiently at the doctor's office at times. At the grocery store. I waited patiently. But he said, I waited patiently unto the Lord. Oh, we couldn't wait patiently. For any greater one than to wait patiently unto the Lord. He said, and he inclined unto me. In other words, he, he turned his ear, Sister Betsy. He inclined unto me and he heard my cry. <laughs> he heard my cry. What is my cry today to the Lord? What is, what is my cry today to the Lord? Is my cry today, Lord, establish my goals? I don't want to be a hypocrite. As old little old psalm said, a children's psalm, because they not hit for me. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Amen. I, I want the Lord to establish my goals. So what is my cry? Establish my goings because I want to be a faithful witness for the Lord of my family. I want to be a faithful witness to my friends, to my relatives, to church brothers and sisters. Amen. Amen. I want to be established in the Lord. I want to, to have a true testimony in my life of the Lord. He said, he brought me up. Now that's for David's telling us here what the Lord has done. He said, he brought me up out of my clay. Has God ever lifted you up and brought you up out of some things that you got yourself into? <laughs> Amen. Has God ever performed some things for you that, that, uh, that made a difference in your life? That you weren't able to perform for yourself? And then when you got out of that situation, what you said I'm going to do in my performance, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> I'm not going back to do that again. 
Praise the Lord. God help me to get out of it. God help me to get over it. Praise yeah. the Lord. Yeah. There's some things that we've had to face in life that's been unpleasant, that we ain't always liked. It wasn't good. It wasn't comfortable. In fact, it, it had a little bit of, of misery or maybe some grief attached to it. But God helped us. He helped us to get over it. Praise the Lord. He helped us to get above it because He lifted us up. He said, He had brought me up out of it. Horrible pit. A horrible pit. Out of the mighty clay. They've been some horrible pits that some of you might could take a, a piece of paper and write down a few horrible pits that your life somewhere in the past was in. And it was horrible. I tell you, it was, it, it was very unpleasant. Maybe it was even painful. And something that you experienced that was done to you, that someone else had done. And it wasn't, it wasn't because of your wrongdoing or bad doing. It was just because of sin and because of evil in a person's life. Uh, that maybe they just didn't like you. You know, sometimes you, you can meet someone and say, I don't like you. I don't like you. They, they ain't even known to you, you know, just a few moments. But just a few words you might speak. <clears throat> I've been around and had that happen a few times. Few people I've started to share something and say, I don't even like you. You don't need to share that with me. <laughs> I said, Well, I'd like to if you let me know I don't even like you and I don't want to hear it. Okay? <laughs> All right. Well, David said he brought me up out of a horrible pit. He said, out of Mari Clay. Sound like things have gotten pretty, pretty deep, you know. They've gotten pretty mushy. Things have gotten pretty nasty. And he said he set my feet upon a rock. Oh, hallelujah. He set my feet on the rock. I was in some fiery clay. I was in a, a sinking sand, so to speak. But the Lord lifted me up. Amen. He had to establish my going. I wasn't able to do it myself. But the Lord lifted me up. Amen. He set my feet on the rock. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And he established my going when he did that. He got me. He got me on the right footing. How many of you ever lost your footing and you know trying to climb or trying to step up on something? And you lost your footing and you slipped and maybe you you skinned your shin or or your knee or something, and that's very painful. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you was trying to move up and, uh, and and you experienced some pain from moving up. But he said he set my feet on a rock. Something solid. Amen. He don't want us to sink. God wants us to be able to stand. Amen. He wants His children to be able to stand. Amen. Got a, another passage of Scripture I want to go to in Psalms 50, uh, 78, verses 5 through 8. Psalm 78, 5 through 8. God wants to guide us. He wants to guide us. He in establishing my goals. He wants to guide us. Lord, just take charge and guide my steps. Guide my way, Lord. Guide my way. He said in verse 5 here in Psalm 78, For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they 
should make them known to their children. Now God has given us His Word. He's passed His Word on down to us as we have it this day. And we've been given a command. We've been given a charge of what His Word says. And we're to make them known to our children. And He says that the generation to come might know thee. And the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. So God's, His work and what He's commanded is to be passed on from generation to generation. Why? Because God wants to establish man's going. Amen. He wants to establish how we walk, how we live our life. Yes, He does. He said in verse 7 that they might set their hope in God. And we'll pass it, Brother Curly, to our children. And they pass it on to their children. And it just goes on as a domino effect to the other generation. Then he said that they might set their hope in Him. And might not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. Now we know the works of God is declared in His Word. Some people say, well, how do I know the works of God? Well, just read what His Word says and He'll declare to you through His Word the mighty works, the mighty acts that God has done for men and women all down through the ages that He's done for His church, His people that He's led. He said, and the reason is in verse 8, He said, and might not be as their fathers a stubborn and rebellious generation. A generation that set not their heart aright. Or they didn't set their heart to be clean, to be pure. And whose spirit was not steadfast with God. Well, that's an indictment right there, isn't it? That's an indictment against the forefathers. Some of them that did not. They were stubborn. They were rebellious. They didn't want God to establish. Oh my. They didn't want God to establish my goings. They didn't want God to establish my way, my path, my future. I'm in control. I got charge of it. I contend to it myself. You know, always when man thinks he can tend to his, his own business and take care of himself, he can't. He can't because what happens is it gets deeper, Sister Brandon, and deeper. Sometimes we think we're we're getting ourselves out of a hole and we're getting deeper in it. Because the hole's getting bigger. <laughs> it's getting bigger. That's the thing. It's just it's becoming a bigger hole. We think we're getting out of it. Another hole is getting bigger. We feel like, boy, it's a, I, I'm not so hard pressed anymore, but the hole's just getting bigger. And getting out of it. That's why God wants to guide His people. He wants to establish His people. To establish our goals. What we do. Amen. It's, you know, it's important to God what we do. You might not think of it very serious sometimes, but it's important. It's very important. It says, Pearl, what, what we do. God is always watching and concern 
what you do and what I do. And he's always listening. Yeah, he's inclined to hear what we're saying. And he wants us to be always telling the truth. He don't want us to proclaim anything that's falsehood. He don't want us to, to say things or do things that are deceitful to others. He wants us to be true and He wants us to be pure. Amen. He wants to establish what we're doing and lead us in that so that we can follow Him properly. Right. We can follow Him rightly. Right. Amen. That's what God, I believe those things. That's what He wants to do in our hearts and our lives. Oh, and He established what we're doing. And He's listening for us to call out to Him. And sometimes we call out to Him, we think He ain't listening, but He is. David said, I had to wait patiently, Brother George. <laughs> call out to Him. Hey, Lord, I, I need this right now, Lord. I need, I need you to work right this moment. <laughs> David said, I waited patiently. He said, I waited patiently. Crying out to the Lord, but said he inclined his ear to my cry. <laughs> he turned his ear to my cry. Yeah, he heard me. Heard just what I was saying. We might think sometimes when we're talking to the Lord, Brother Mark, that he's not hearing everything we're saying, but he's here. He's listening. And you know, from the very moment we begin, if we're if we really want the Lord to establish our goings, from the very moment that we begin to share things with the Lord, He's already at that moment begin beginning to prepare something ahead for us to what we're going to experience. Amen. He's already beginning at that moment to start preparing something for our future. Whatever it is that we're talking to the Lord at. He's already beginning to take that and to work for all things that Scripture says work together for the good of those that love the Lord. Romans 8 28 and are called according to His purpose. You know, He's already beginning as we share that, Lord. I, I need your help to win my family, Lord. I need your help, Lord, to witness to my family, to, to share your love with them, Father, to, to just uh, help them to realize that that they've got hope and they can cling to that hope if they'll turn to you. Right. And you'll establish them in this life. you give them the purpose to live that you want them to have. Yes, Lord. And he said it's important. God wants to guide His people. And it's a matter. It's a matter of us teaching our children, Sister Joan, and teaching our children, children, you know, let them teach their children, them teach their children, just pass it on down. That teaching going out. But, but he said it's a stubborn. It's a stubborn and rebellious generation that won't do this. It won't do it. And he said, and the thing of it is, he said, that their heart, their heart won't be right. Their heart won't be right to, they won't have a spirit that is steadfast. They, they won't cling and trust to the commandments of God as being the law that they're to live and to follow. Amen. Amen. Of course, I guess another thing here to throw out is, is uh, God don't want there to be unbelief. 
He don't want unbelief to be in our heart. He don't want unbelief to be in our children's heart because we failed not to teach them. And he don't want unbelief to, to go on further into our grandchildren or great-grandchildren. Some of you have got some great-grandchildren here. And if you would think for just a moment, it would grieve your heart you know, to think where they're not even, no one is teaching them or, or sharing with them about God's love and, and God's hope and message that He has for them. You really want them saved too? You want, you want them to know God. You want them to know who the Lord is. Right. Who the Holy Ghost is and what they've come to do. He tells us in Proverbs 4 and 26, he says to ponder. In other words, think, think about this. We can use another word, meditate. Meditate, you know. We're pondering, we're, we're thinking seriously. We're thinking on it. You ever talk with someone and say, hey, what you doing? Well, I'm pondering on something. You know, I'm, I'm, or I'm meditating on something right now. I'm really dwelling on this. This something here I've got to deal with or something I've got to face or something. I'm just what I need to talk with the Lord about how I need to go about talking to Him about. It. You know, sometimes we, we go to talk to the Lord. He's not one for us to tell Him what to do. <laughs> It's kind, of, it's kind of comical for a man to tell God what to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's funny to me. I'm going to tell God what to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But so many try to do that. Yes. Think we can tell God what to do. Right. We can't tell God what to do. No. Nothing. Right. He's the one that tells. It's kind of like uh, little nephew, a uh, little boy come last Sunday. He Wesley. Danielle, two little boys, uh, BK and Wesley, the smallest one. And he's got this little saying about, I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm a grown man. Yeah. I'm a grown man. I'm a grown man. So, you ain't a grown man. You're just an infant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a grown man. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what to do. <laughs> well, you had to pick that up from somebody. Yes. You know, you have to take it up some, somewhere. But no matter how grown we get, Brother Donald, we don't ever get grown enough to tell God what to do. Mm -hmm. right. And that's what Proverbs said here. Proverbs said, ponder. He said, ponder the path of thy feet. Ponder your goals. In other words, that's what he's saying. Ponder the way that you walk, where you're going. Ponder where you're going. What, what, you know, what, what is your plans? Where are you headed? Where, where are you, where, where's your destination? You know, are you pondering to, to go to heaven? Or are you just going to let it be and it'll cause you to experience death and your path to be headed to hell? I don't want that to be. He said, ponder the path of thy feet. And he said, let all thy ways, all thy ways, be established. And it wasn't for me to establish it. But it's for the Lord to establish it. Right. Not me. I'm, the, I'm going to decide everything. I, you know, many times men can decide, you know, I'm in charge. I'm in charge and I'm going to, I'm going to make all the decisions. It's kind of like the man being the head of the household. 
Yes, I can respect that and see that. But just because I'm considered biblically as head of the household, I'm not the Lord over my wife. I'm not telling her it's my way or no way. You know, you either do it my way or hit the highway. That's where it is. And not to do that. You know what I mean? It's not that way. That's right. Now we want God to establish us. And when God establishes me, He wants me to help others to be established. And the way we get established is what He was saying here in Psalms. We get established through His Word, through His commands, through His law that's been handed down. And He wants it handed and passed down from generation to generation. Amen. In Proverbs 24 and 3, He said, through wisdom, through wisdom, is a house built. Or I'll put in there a home. A home is built. You know, sometimes me can have these here dreams that I'm going to have this perfect home. Yep. I'm going to have this perfect home. I mean, I'm going to have the house that we want and I'm going to have everything lined up just like I want it. Well, everything ain't going to line up just like I want it. Amen. It don't always picture or what they call a, a picture the picture, perfect. It ain't always going to be that way. You want to say, well, like, you know, you look at a picture sometimes and you say, well, that's a perfect picture. Just that, the setting and everything that that picture, how it was, was uh, drawn and, and all, or, you know, or a picture that was taken with a camera, that's a perfect setting. No, it's picture perfect. Everything not going to always be picture perfect in our homes. And he said, here he said, through wisdom is a home built. And he said, by understanding, it is established. So if I want my home to be established, I want it to be built strong, Brother Mark, then I got to build on the word of the Lord. Amen. I got to build through God's law. I got to obey his law. And I got to build through what his word says. I got to build <coughs> on that rock that he wants to set my feet on. To establish my goals. Then he says also in Isaiah, the seventh chapter, and verse 9, he says, If ye will believe not, surely ye shall not be established. In the latter part of that verse. And he says, he talks about emperor. And what he's getting at is that's another word for Israel that's being used. And he said, he was talking to Israel. Isaiah was said to Israel, he said, if you will not believe Israel, surely you shall not be established. So if we're going to be established, we got to believe the Word of God. Right. Amen. Amen. we got to believe what God says. There's no other word. There's no other way but God's way. No other word to look for. That someone will say, Well, I got a better word. No, you ain't got a better word than what God's got. He's got the best word. Mm -hmm. You don't get better than what His word says. Amen. Ain't going to be nothing better than what His word says. Amen. So if you want something better, follow what God has. Amen. It's going to be better. Yes. Let Him establish our goals and it's going to get better. Praise the Lord. Amen. He tells us in Isaiah 54 and 14, he says, in righteousness, in righteousness, 
That's how he wants us to be established. In righteousness. God wants you, he wants me to be established in righteousness. This is what Paul was saying to the Romans. In Romans. The 10th chapter verses 1 through 3. He said, brethren, brethren, he said, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. That should be our very prayer. We want God to keep our goings established. We want to have that ongoing testimony of Him. He said, my desire, my heart's desire and prayer to God is for Israel to be saved. He said, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. You know, there's sad, but there's, there can be many church groups today that's got a great zeal for the Lord. Oh, but it's, a lot of it is involved in emotionalism. You know, I want to. I want you to turn me on. I want to, you know, come to church and you turn me on. And I get excited, you know. But my excitement is not deep rooted in the Word of God. Amen. Amen. I got such a zeal, Hallelujah, for the Lord, but it's not according to knowledge. Amen. I can't tell you just how I got what I feel. I tell you what I heard about. It. But when we get it ourselves, we can tell people how we got it. Amen. I tell you, because I got knowledge. I tell you, I repented. I got down on my knees and asked the Lord to forgive me, to save my soul, to come in and cleanse my heart from all unrighteousness. And He did just that, praise the Lord. And I begin to grow from that point on. Lord, establish my goals. If you've got more for me to receive, then let me receive more. And of course I did and you did. I received more. I, I was sanctified. I, I didn't know all about sanctification by no means for years. When I come up in the little church that I grew up in, never heard nothing about it much. But when I experienced it, when I experienced it, and the Word came together, of God's Word, His Word met together with my heart because of what I was experiencing, yeah. I began where I could tell people, I tell you what sanctification is. Yeah. It's a washing. <laughs> Woo! There's a washing going on. Oh, yeah. Oh, that old conscience, and there's a washing taking place. Amen. That old inbred sin of Adam, praise the Lord. Not there. Those things that I don't want to do, guess what? I'm not doing them anymore. <laughs> and you like Paul said, what I didn't want to do, I was doing it. But when he experienced sanctification, it changed. He said, I bear them record that they have a zeal of God but not according to knowledge. And he said in verse 3, he said, for they be ignorant of God's righteousness. Do you know that's where a lot of downfall today is in many people's lives is they're ignorant to the Word of God. They're not being taught the Word of God. Their emotions are being played with when they come to the house of God for being entertained and just you know, go on for an hour or hour and a half or, or whatever, just singing and just having a glorious time. We had a glorious time this morning. You know, and it was good to be in the house of the Lord and, and sing praises and worship to Him. But we still need to have the meat 
of the word, the milk of the word, give it to us, amen, so that we can get some substance for ourselves that he'll help establish my goals. Amen. He said they were ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness. And then look what he said. They've not submitted themselves. You know, people have a hard time submitting, don't they? They have a hard time submitting mm -hmm. to the righteousness. Oh, that's where the downfall of many people's lives today that are not a true witness for Christ that are attending churches. They, they have a problem of submitting themselves to the righteousness of God. When you submit yourself, Sister Waddell, to the righteousness of God, you don't have to have somebody walking around holding on to your curtain, you know, mm -hmm. telling you what you need to do. Mm -hmm. No. You don't have to have somebody going around holding on to your coat or to your, to your blouse saying, now you need to do so and so now. You know, he'll help you to live right. He'll establish your goings if you let him. Amen. But it comes down to that not submit unto his righteousness. But we'll submit to his righteousness. You know what happens? When we submit to his righteousness, it only gets better. It only gets better. It don't get worse. It gets better. Amen. And it gets better and better and better as we submit to his righteousness. That's what happens. He established my goals. There's one other thing I want to close with here in the scripture. It's in the Old Testament. And it's in the New Testament. I'm going to use the New Testament description of Jesus' word from Matthew. Jesus said for us to hear. And if we're going to hear, he said, then we're to take the witness of two or more or three or more for something to be said on the subject. He said the witness of one. In Matthew 18, 16, he said, but if he will not hear thee, then thou shalt take with thee one or more, one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Now why would you throw that in there, Brother Ricky, for ending this message? Because when Jesus came, Jesus did not come of Himself. He came in the witness of the Father and of the Holy Ghost that was in heaven, that was with the Father. That's why he said, the Father and I are one. At the mouth of two witnesses, the Father and Him. He said, the words that I speak, He said, they're not mine, they're my Father's. And then He throws in the other there, He said, two or three witnesses. Well, we know that we have three witnesses. And they all three bear the same record, Sister Ernestine. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. They all three bear the same record. Their words are not divided. Amen. 
And he come and he established what his father had sent him to establish. He come and set forth. He come and fixed what was broken. What was torn apart, Sister Betty. He come and mended that. Amen. Through his shed blood, his life. that he gave at Calvary. He come and prepared for you and me. A better way. A better way. And you and I have more of an effective witness today. That's why he said when we go out, don't go out long. He said go out in pairs of two or three. That by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word will be established. That's why it's important. We have witness from the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And when we go and witness, Sister Pearl, it's good to have another brother or sister. You know, we're brothers or sisters going out doing the Lord's work. Go out together. God wants to establish souls that are lost. They need to hear how He wants to establish their children. Amen. I know tonight you're trusting in the Lord every day. You're trusting in Him to establish your goal. The church is only getting better and better. It's getting better and better. The last not getting worse. It's getting better. God has set it up that way. As we follow on to know the Lord, it's going to keep getting better. As I let the Lord establish my goings, He's pleased with me. And when I cry out to Him, there may be times like David that I'm going to have to wait patiently to hear from the Lord. But He's hearing my cry. He's inclining me to my cry. And He said He's going to pick me up out of the play that I'm in that I feel like oh Lord this is a terrible spot right here I need your help to get on from this to get over this to move beyond this I need your help Lord he's going to lift us up set us on a good rock set us on a good solid understanding that hey I'm with you I'm not going to leave you I'm not going to forsake you I just want you to follow as I leave I want you to 